Hello and welcome back to the A3 Footy Podcast. My name is Alex Catalano. Today, Alex and Miller, a huge round six of AFLW has just gone past. Few big wins, few very, very close ones. Very entertaining round all up. Yes, no, it was a, it was a great weekend of footy and you got a great experience, Cat, which we're going to dive into later. <sighs> I you did. made the big trip, as you said, so we're excited to hear about your experience there. Not much of a game, but we're here to, keen to hear about the journey, but what a week of footy it just gone and another massive one coming up. Absolutely. Alex Doherty, I just happened to choose one of the worst footy <laughs> games around. If I'd stayed in Melbourne, I could have gone to about four crackers across the weekend. Yeah, I know. You could have stayed in Frankston, mate. Been, been treated to a ripping game on, on Friday night. Bit of local hospitality down there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Just a casual carjacking as well, Cat. <laughs> but what, what what a round of footy. Round six has uh, just come. We're at the, towards the business end, Miller, and mm. um, a lot, lot to talk about. I think before we start, because we've got we've got a big episode. I want to talk mm, about... Massive episode. I want to talk about... We said said just before uh, at the top of the um, top of the broadcast, cat. Yeah, we were to talk about the um, that that stupid Steve Price article. Oh. <sighs> All right, well, there's a few big topics to get out of the way first and foremost. Yeah. So if you haven't read it yet, Steve Price posted. Don't if you haven't read it, don't. Well, don't. Um, Steve Price posted the most ridiculous article I've ever read on the Age, I believe it was. Um, it's basically, Herald Sun. On the Herald Sun. Basically slamming the AFLW competition and saying that um, school kids footy is better to watch. Um, Steve, if you want to go watch kids play footy, you're very welcome to, but I don't know what that says about you. Uh, it's absolutely ridiculous, boys. Just the, the level of vitriol putting it Ooh. out there. He, uh, likes, he likes watching high school boys, Mill. That's all I've got to say about that. There's a way, Miller, to criticise yeah, the competition absolutely. without absolutely dragging it through the mud and resorting to absolute crap. At the level of this. Well, this is the problem that we've spoken about. I think it was literally around one that I've said to you boys. There's no point people putting it down. It's not going to get us anywhere. It's not going to make it any better. We're trying to get this game elevated. It's done a fantastic job. Thinking about the inaugural season, where we are now, full 18 teams, the quality of players coming through the last three, four draft places, even the first one. There's talent streaming through this competition. And the main thing he was banging on about was the low-scoring nature how about watching yeah. North Melbourne this year? They've probably scored 40 points in every men's game and got pumped by 60 every week. Doesn't complain about that. There's plenty of games that I still am the big advocate, boys, of you don't need to kick goals for it to be a good contest. Yeah. We've already seen games in the AFLW this season that have been absolutely cracking battles where it's been physical, contested footy, you know, whipping end-to-end, and it's just good stuff. So I think also as well, even people who do talk about low scoring, I think it's, if you want to criticise it, criticise the teams individually, criticise their game plan. Like we have with Geelong throughout this year, Doc, you know, we talked about for the first four rounds their inability to get a score on the board, and that's an indictment on the competition itself. It's an indictment on a team like Geelong and how absolutely rubbish their forward structure it's, was. It's an indictment on Dan Lowther before he listened <laughs> to us last week and said that, uh, as we said, that Shelley Scott should be moved in the forward line, and look at it. She's they, been absolutely they, elite. They, they've kicked 70 and and, th- and, yeah. and, and and I think, was it six goals uh, against the Dogs this week? Yeah. You know, have a go at teams like... Uh, I'm not a fan of when, you know, teams like North and Adelaide go up against each other and they always kick about two goals apiece because they won't do anything but lock each other down on defensively. But Ooh. that's not the competition's fault. That's a game plan, game style that's deliberate. But but as well, Cat, as well, we, we saw Richmond pull off one of the biggest upsets in almost mm. the history of the competition, and, and they did it by only kicking two goals to Brisbane's yeah. one. Yeah, exactly. And, and it was a cracking. It was a, just a. You don't have to understand that it it's a score like like it's a score like we all love it when teams score frequently, but there's also a place in the game for these sort of games where it's a scrap and 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 teams are fighting and clawing for the ball and it's yep. all about territory and gaining possession and meters gained and mm. stuff miller we 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 talk about yeah. that at length a lot this year and there's pl- plenty of other elements as well you think about this competition's been around for finally 5 years i'd like to go back and look at when the f- AFL started five years ago and some of the scores and then the quality of game. It takes time. It's a new sport. And again, unfortunately, these women aren't paid enough properly so they can't be professional athletes. And that's what he was saying that really pissed me off. He says it's a professional sport. Well, no, they're actually part-time athletes and part-time doing something else because they have to because there's not enough finances in it. So they're still Even with the pay increase this year, it's still not enough for most players to just live off alone. And then he says here, Kat, I don't know why they're pouring money into it. They should rip the funding. Well, if they rip that, you're not going to get anywhere. It's just like you're never going to – I just don't really understand what – Type. This isn't, like you said, Cat, off the top. It's not going to help anything, mm. this. Uh, people like Steve Price don't understand that it is a long-term investment and it's not something that no. is going to be immediately the best competition in the world. 
But, um, like, but it, it will grow into that eventually. We're but, seeing yeah. these players come through in these draft crops alone, the ones that have been able to play from mm. under-12s up, and they're already doing magnificent things. But it's with every sport, male or female, I think. If you're making something new and particularly something that is starved of a lot of funding, it's got more, obviously, but, like... It's always going to take time. I just cannot... Yeah. It just doesn't make sense to me. It's just a pointless article from a pointless man. Yeah, well... Um, Nuffy. Oh, jeez. Oh, I thought this bloke got cancelled two weeks, two weeks ago. <laughs> I thought he did as well. Why is he still piping up? Yeah, I know. Why, why is he still piping up? But I suppose as well, it, it in, 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 in an article like that, it, it doesn't help when Nicholas Stevens comes out a couple of weeks... Uh, a couple of days after and then misses a shot from about one metre out. I will say, though, um, and I did want to speak about this yep. um, as someone who has been following and reporting on a lot of women's sport for a number of years now um, I think the pattern that I always notice with people who don't pay a lot of attention to women's sport and just like to throw it under the mud as soon as they see one thing go wrong is that <laughs> it's not the player's yeah, fault the individual's right. fault if something goes wrong it's the fault of the whole competition mm. the whole setup women's sport in general 100% when Josh Bruce hit the post from <laughs> two metres out no one was calling for the, the men's competition to get shut down and Stripped of all funding. Well, they're but not, when yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure, like I'm, I'm pretty sure Saints fans were calling to cancel Josh Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, though. Yes, they were. And it's a fundamental problem, though, with just in general. Yeah. Like, if something is goes wrong in the AFLW, everyone's got to go to that. They're not going to go to a great contest where it was, yeah. you know, an absolute shootout. And but a I'm not even saying that. I'm saying you know, it's that Nicholas yeah. Stevens should be criticised for that, and I'm sure Dal yeah. would have had his piece to her. I'm sure she's not happy She would have known that that was her prime opportunity to win a game. But at the end of the day, it's not the fault of the actual sport or the actual competition. Well, apparently it is according to some <laughs> absolute keyboard It's her warriors. own fault. Oh. And last year as well, um, I remember when Darcy Vestio was saying, mm. you know, we want criticism. We want people to comment on our games and say how we can get better and, you know, hold us to a standard. Yeah. It's not about holding the competition to a standard. It's about holding the players, holding the teams, holding game plans and coaches, just like we do for the men's game. Absolutely. And, th- and this is why we're here. This is why we're talking about uh, the AFLW at length as much as we do about the men's. Yeah. Because we care. Like we, we, <laughs> just like you, we care. <laughs> we just love the footy. Well, it's important. Um, yeah, exactly. It's as simple as that. I, I feel... Yeah. I saw it in the, the A-League, the women's as well, last year a fair bit. There, you know, it's cases where a keeper will, you know, miss a ball and an own goal will go through. But it's happened in the men's just as many times. But it, it, hap- has in it happens in every sport. And Shit like that happens. Yeah. It's not because they are inherently worse at the sport. No. It yeah. just happens. It obviously gets more spotlight when the women do it because there's more people looking to drag them down. And I, gu- yeah. and I guarantee as well, if you flip the timelines in terms of if the men's competition was starting now, five years ago, and was going like this, and the women's was excelling as, as, as you know, history, yeah. then... You wouldn't be hearing the criticism it is, no, which is stupid. Exactly. So people need to pull their finger out of their ass, particularly the TikTok. I'm seeing heaps of people <laughs> posting clips of just fails and shit. Like, grow up. You're a grown human being. I'm, I mean, we're, we're not saying that if you don't if you don't like it, you know, that's fine. You don't have to like. You it. don't have to like. No, we're not. We're certainly but not going to pour shit on it. Yeah, we're, 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 we're not. We're not watching. Don't have to. Yeah, we're certainly not going to force you to say. Absolutely here, not. We're not. We're, you know, Alex Miller's not going to put somebody on the couch and strap him up and say, <laughs> "Here, watch, watch Richmond beat Brisbane." No. Um, you know, if you don't like it, that's, that's fine. That's okay. Yeah, but there's just no point. Yeah, there's no, there's no, there's no need to drag it in the mud and, and and ruin it for almost everybody else. Like, yeah. the thing is, as well, Steve Price and Tyler's opinion, but I don't care about it. <laughs> I don't have to agree with it. I don't have to agree with it. I don't have to like but it. But it doesn't have to be published in the public eye. Just no. tell that to your best mate or whatever. Like, <laughs> And I, again, I, as I said, I don't know how this was published as an yeah. article. As no. a, uh, anyway, okay. Well, he's got a media platform for somebody and for somebody who was supposedly cancelled two weeks ago, you know, who ki- who gives a shit? Well, I wouldn't say anything about the platform. I'm clicking the trapdoor button. Doc, sending him down, <laughs> down the wishing well. But we move on. Yes. Oh, move oh, on. yes. Ju- we do move on. Ju- just, just before, um, yes. uh, just on the Stevens miss, it was Absolutely agree. I, I can't. Like, it was much harder to miss that. Absolutely. from where she was standing than anywhere else on the ground. It was and shocking, and I feel so bad for her and for the Saints because the amount of games they should they should have won they should have won that game. They had those two games in a row last year before they won their first game for the season as well, where they won by under mm. a goal, including a goal after the siren. Yep. Uh, these poor Saints. I just someone's put a curse on Raven Oval. I don't Please know what a cool it is. Game, Kat. They've completely well. We're not talking about the Saints too much this week. Maybe we'll get into them Curse next week. At <laughs> because they've got a they've got a game they absolutely should win this week against Carlton. Mm. Um, yeah, um, well, let's talk about the Blues. Yeah, we? let's talk about the Blues. We, Great segue. We, we've segued it beautifully. <laughs> you wanted to give them a bit of a rip this week, Doc. You we were talking as we were walking up here about some of the misses from this game, and I have to agree with you that 
not only it's not the one six. If you watch the game, you'll know exactly what we're talking about here, where there were chances that should have been goals, and they were just they weren't even squandered. They were absolutely wasted, I would say, because they were just very easy shots. I think, Doc. I just think there's a lot going, and look, we can we can put down injuries as somewhat of an excuse, but you can only take that excuse so far. I mean. You look at you look at who's out in the deck, and there's not, and there's very few people that are pulling their weight, and there's a few people here that are not pulling their weight. There are very very few players that are pulling their weight in this team, Doc. Let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, we've said it week to week. Lala Weefy, uh, Mimi Hill, Abby McKay, Kez, Gab Pound, and then Brian Moody, Brian and then Moody. it drops off from there. That's your six six of your twenty one, and 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 Skepper as well. But yeah, Skepper's been good. Even there's, oh, Skep- but you shouldn't be relying. Did you see Skepper's <laughs> shot on goal though, Cat? She was about thirty five out. And just and the the approach was so uh, look, I can see, you can see what she was trying to do. It didn't come off really well, but the kick was that awful. Mm-hmm. It, la- it it went about thirty meters right and landed in the pocket. That's just, I think that's that's the result of a player that's not being given confidence from their team. Right, cool, okay. yeah. and it's it's clearly going to affect the younger players. You know, we we've seen players come in, and Skep has been fantastic in the chance she she's got. So has Keely Shirai. She was probably a bit more quiet in this game too. I but thought Jess Good had a crack as well. Yeah, she did. She was good. 18 hitouts. I thought, was, was really solid um, through this game. Mind you, not that the, the Giants have many rough no. options. Cambridge McCormick. I, I want to ask on. you, Kat, about a player, because I know Doc's opinion. Darcy Vessia, how, how are you viewing not just this week, but this season? Yeah, Vessio, they Vessio stinks. Look, the season, the way the season started, they had opportunity with McWilliams joining the forward line, uh, Jess Good rotating in there. Mm. I thought that's a good marking group in yeah, there. Yeah, agreed. And I thought Vessio looked okay the first couple of weeks, but it just hasn't been, it just hasn't been their season. Do you think it's more the service, particularly? Well, I mean, I was going to mention that. I was looking at the, the stats, the team stats mm. out of this game. Carlton won clearances plus 11. Look at the hitouts. They lost inside 50s minus 11. So that to me says there is absolutely no ball movement coming out of the centre into the forward line. They're not getting marks inside 50. They're not getting opportunities inside 50. They're getting very, very shallow entries that aren't going anywhere or doing anything. I will say as well on that, Kat, um, their efficiency inside 50 on the weekend was under 30%. Yeah, which is not good enough. Which is nowhere near good enough. So there it is there. And, And the fact that GWS's efficiency was only slightly better, they only went at 31%. But look at yeah, uh, but then I suppose as well you look at the the impact there on the scoreboard four five to one six and and that's the difference you know that is the difference you got to be efficient if you're not going to get if you're going to be minus eleven I think you said there cat with mm. the inside fifties you got to make them count yeah. and one six isn't going to get it done against any team and if you're struggling um, no disrespect to the Giants have had a bit of a rough season but they deserve to win this game because Carlton just weren't clinical no they weren't no. Uh, and I just want to say on Vestio is I they talk about Criticism. My criticism is that the, Darcy doesn't work hard enough. Get involved up the ground. Well, this is this is my this is we've my. Been, I feel like we've been through this yeah. so many times we, across Vessio's career. The the problem is though, like Darcy's a momentum based player. Yeah. If if they get their hands on the footy early, going forward. Yeah, then going forward, Darcy's very dangerous. Mm. But if that doesn't happen, then Darcy just completely disappears. Yeah. And 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 even then, like. Carlton had about twenty. What was it? Twenty-seven inside fifty. I don't know they lost the inside fifty camp. They still had the ball in there enough times to actually do mm. something about it. Just the one mark for Vessio too. One. I don't. I think it's, it's, it's the one tackle that does me, Cat. Yeah. If, if you're not getting your hands on the ball, bring some you, heat. You, you need to bring some heat. And yeah. Darcy doesn't do that. The forward line. Look, the forward line's in a pretty poor state as it stands for Carlton. They've mm. basically lost every other marking forward option. <laughs> Outside of Jess Good uh, throughout the season so far. What needs to happen then game style Austin's wise, injured, McWilliams injured. Yeah, I don't know what you, you do. Talk, I agree with you. Forward of the ball, they look a mess. And if you go back to what you were previously talking about is the, the clearance numbers not translating to the scores, mm. does it need that something happen there to happen to the ball movement, do you think? Or what do you think you would narrow it down to? Just yeah, the they probably need to look... I think Carlton have the players to play a bit more yeah. of a running game out of I the middle. I think so. Um, you know, Mimi Hill can break away from contests. Pound up on the wing can absolutely move the footy. Kez can do that too. Um, you know, the youngsters in Skepper and Shirar are absolutely capable of doing that as well. Uh, I think, you know, you look at the kick-to-handball ratio, they were 2-1 to one for kicks. So yeah, wow. you know, they're obviously going pretty w- tr- strongly by foot. 
Um, but when you're a team that doesn't have many marking options forward of the ball, you probably want to be link up handball, I run think. a gun, look for a short option off the 45 inside 50 as opposed to bombing it long when you've got Darcy take on you know a whole back line themselves. So yep. yeah, well, the the problem is that last the week before against against Melbourne they only had 13 inside 50. So yeah. when they get it when they get intense defensive pressure put on them. Just nothing happens. Yeah. Like, I I would be much if I was a Carlton supporter, I'd be much much happier if they just tried to take the game on. Like mm. we we saw it with with the GWS yeah. team on the weekend, and I I, I bring this player up again, uh, Maddie Brazendale Miller. Every time <laughs> every time cute. that I watch her play, <laughs> she just looks like she's intent and just trying to move the ball up the ground as as quick as quickly as she can. Mm. I want to see Carlton this week. They may not win, and 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 maybe they might not win another game this year, given their <laughs> run home. But I'd like to see them just try and take a little bit of onus on running the yeah. ball up through mm. the middle of the ground as opposed to sort of playing conservative footy and yeah. try and, and just – because it's just not working. Yeah, I, I think link-up handball at this stage is their best course, you know, just to get something from the season um, because it's, it, you know, tough game, as as you just mentioned there, against Saints on the weekend, uh, Doc. So, look, Carlton have got some work to do. But I – come back to the point that we all agree on this list is talented yes there are a lot of injuries but the players out there are good enough to get results i think yeah they're just it comes back to what you said as well cat the confidence looks a little bit shot and i don't know what it's going to take for it to get back but this Mm. this is a good team there are some really good high quality players in there if Carlton can get some good ball movement particularly forward or center they'll be in a much better state for the rest of the year so three rounds left. So they've got some work to do in terms of, and it's a tough run, as you said, Doc. So look, it'll be interesting. Yeah, well, out. they've got the Saints this week. Then following that, they've got Richmond, Gold Coast away, and then the Bulldogs to finish the year. <sighs> yeah, I don't think they're winning another game. I don't think they're winning another game this year. <laughs> if they are to win another game, I think it's this week. It, it, yeah, it should. It'd have to be. It'd have to be this week. And I, I thought the Saints were actually pretty good against Collingwood. As I said earlier, should have been should have beaten the um the Pies, but. But yeah, I think they'll be. They'll, I think they'll be red hot for this game. The Saints. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a cracking game. It is. Should be a good one. Uh, a little bit of positives out of the weekend, boys. We haven't talked about them much at all this year. But the Adelaide Crows uh, absolutely demolished Port Adelaide in the first ever AFLW showdown. I had the pleasure of being there. Yes. It was first time at the Adelaide Oval. Uh, what was it like, Cap? To break a stand. Pretend. Break our minds open. <laughs> set, set, set the scene, as Mark Lacroix would say. Well, I'll set the scene. All right. Uh, well, it's showdown. <laughs> playing Port Adelaide. It's a showdown. Playing Port Adelaide. <laughs> Think you know what happened next. <laughs> Uh, no, it's a great, you get that sense of history, mm. I think, going into the ground. Uh, the walk down there's very different to somewhere like the MCG. It's not quite as big on the outside, doesn't quite have, I think, sort of take it for granted, the whole Yarra Park walk, where there's very yep. much the, the whole area surrounding the MCG and the sporting precinct. It's just kind of the oval. You kind of snake through the, the, the city, out of the city, into the sort of back streets, and then you get into the ground. And they've got a lot of displays and a lot of sandful heritage Good. and all that kind of stuff up. Obviously, the cricket as well mm. displays up there. And uh, the ground itself is is magnificent. Uh, where, we, where I was sitting was right behind the goals on the, the opposite side to the hill. Uh, so you got basically the view of the entire ground out there, and it was... Pretty pretty outstanding. There's a bar just behind where Ooh, we were hello. sitting, which is perfect. <laughs> a couple of couplers uh, at halftime, yes, Kat? Yes, so more than just a couple at halftime, at quarter oh, time, at three-quarter time. Surprised we didn't see you on the ground <laughs> one stage. Uh, but there was a lot of passion from both sides. Obviously, once the Crows got going, the Ports Ford started to quiet down a little bit. But um, just to witness the history yeah. there, I did, thought was absolutely magnificent. Did the Ports fans uh, leave at three-quarter time or just before the thir- thir- third quarter? Or? To their credit, they did stay through the game. Okay. I think you yeah, know that's a never shock. tear us apart. It's yeah, a historic yeah, that's occasion. A shock. Yeah, Port home game, so they got to see the whole uh, the whole never tear us apart. And did you have your bombers one up there? <laughs> I didn't. I actually had the, the AFLW scarf, which I oh, got great. as a part of the media accreditation oh, for the nice. year. So I did that up with the yeah, <laughs> the, the whole port, port theatrics. Um, so it was good fun. It was really good fun. But what did you make of the game from being there in the flesh? Obviously, cut off the. the the Crows were a clinic, it looked like. Well, I will say, um, we'll talk a bit about her later, but getting to watch Chelsea Randall do what she did oh. in person was possibly one of the greatest footballing experiences <laughs> of my, my time watching footy. Oh, where are we? So Anne Hatchard, Ebony Marinov, the whole crew at the Crows, watching them go to work was absolutely fantastic. Um, but we wanted to talk about the Crows, Doc, because we haven't really given them the credit they deserved 
I think, across this year so far. The first four rounds, Doc Clark was pretty, um, I think, solid in saying that they hadn't played their best footy yet. I, and I'm, I'm inclined to agree with that. And now, these past two weeks, they've they won by two of the biggest margins of the season so far. Mind you, against lesser opposition than they've played previously. But the way they've played, nonetheless, withstands. It's all about who they put in front of you, who, who's in yeah. front of them at the moment. And I think the last two weeks have just solidified Adelaide to be in that top two. I think they've overtaken Melbourne, and I think they're right there with Brisbane as, as the premiership favourites. I think they're ahead of Brisbane for mine. Oh, I'm, I'm not too sure about that. I think I still think the Lions have played the best if, team game I've if, seen. If, 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 they'd kicked, the if they'd kicked straighter this weekend, uh, we would have been talking about a record margin mm, in, probably, in, yes. in, in the league history. I'm sorry to tell you, Kat. <laughs> um, but, no, you're not wrong. <laughs> but I, I think Adelaide are right up there now. Uh, I just think it probably may, may have taken them a couple of weeks to sort of, to sort of gel without Aaron Phillips and the team. And Mules has been a mainstay in there since season one yeah. and, and same as Ange Foley. But... I, I think now that they've 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 done a little bit of magnet shuffling around, and mm. I think it's starting to really work. I, I've, I've look, I will talk about Randall a little bit later, but I think her move to the midfield this year has been absolutely fantastic, and I think it enables Anne Hatchard to play more forward of the ground because we saw her last season. She's got great marking hands, and you can use that yeah, up forward. And and she had another three scoring shots this week for yeah. one goal too. Probably should have had three. Another. Not just that, Doc, but. She's so versatile, Chelsea, and we know she can literally play anywhere in the ground. She can do anything. And does every single week. Go <laughs> okay, Gadget Randall. We saw her behind <laughs> the ball at times. We saw her obviously up forward kicking goals. Uh, but it takes the pressure off Woodland a bit oh, having yeah. her in there too, considering she's basically one of the only marking options in there at the moment. Um, but, you know, the, the whole team benefits from having her in there. Caitlin Gould as well, I feel like, has been really released when she's in the forward line too. Oh. Miller, eight marks for her. This week, when Randall's there, yeah. when Woodland's there, that's two of the best defenders gone, and Gould's just taken these huge grabs. You know, she's one of my favourite players in the comp. The way she <laughs> goes about it, Caitlin, she is such a hard worker, and I think, particularly with the rucks that are coming through this competition, there are some great qualities around the yeah. league, and she's emerging as one of, as she, as the best. I think her around the groundwork, as you said, Cat, is really good, and I think something that is important about the Crows group is what you said there, Doc, at the start. The magnet shuffling. This is a team that's been very sort of traditional in their setup for the last couple of seasons. And now we're seeing the versatility of some of these players being willing mm. to play in other positions. And it goes back to the Crows' mentalities. They don't care about stats. They don't care about who kicks the most goals. They're a well-driven winning team. Yeah. And they're clinical and they turn it on when they need to and they beat the teams they need to. And I think that they are in a position now where the setup around the ground, every position is looking really, really strong. I just want to say on Anne Hatchard's game this week, six oh. contested marks. Oh. Oh. Have, you, have you ever seen a midfielder do that in a game? Doc, I ask the it question, o- I feel like you boys every year, but how does Anne Hatchard get better every season? <laughs> I, oh, I wish I had an answer. Her ceiling just keeps going up. I'll tell you what, she's got a massive list. Cat and she every season she just ticks a thing off and says, oh, I'll just do this, this pre-season, and then just <laughs> produces. Also, also nine, nine score involvements. Like, this is what Along I'm with do- 23 touches, nine marks in total, as you said, and four tackles. <laughs> I'm scared. Uh, it, 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 it's going to be so tough finding the best player in the competition this year. I mean, we, I mean, Kat, I think you've I'm, ra- I'm on you, Jazzy Garner. I know, I know you're on the Jazzy Garner, and I'm, I'm tossing and turning about this as well because another couple of players here that that should that could be um that mm. could be in the mix, and I think Hatchard's one of them. Emily Bates is churning out another strong oh, year as well. Bates his game on the weekend too. Oh, oh Jesus. It was, it's almost like pure pornography watching Emily Bates go to work in the, in the stoppages. She's a gun. She's an absolute gun. Two, two crows I want to talk about quickly, boys. Munyard and Waterhouse, I think, are yes. two unsung... <laughs> Waterhouse. Two <laughs> unsung heroes, cat in this crows team that just keep everything ticking over. I think that Munyard's obviously someone we've talked about a lot, but Waterhouse has really been good. So, uh, the sound of that over when she kicked her goal was absolutely outstanding. Oh, They've gotten special. around her seriously She's so got well. something about her, doesn't she? A real sort yeah. of presence and... and I love the combination of her and Ballard yeah, in the forward yep. line together. Two, Waterhouse probably a little bit less of a pressure player. Ballard's that more pressure, small forward, whereas Waterhouse, I think, is going to be that silky skills, can get it from anywhere and have a ping, kind of small. But that's a great little combo to have yeah. at your disposal at the I, moment. I just love the way she goes about it. She looks dangerous as every time she's near the pill. She brings a sense of energy in that forward line that I don't think a lot of forwards bring. No, uh, like you see, you see, you see those, you know, the X factors, you know, the barometer forwards as well. But every time you watch Jess Waterhouse play a play a game of football, she just looks like 
she can do something dangerous mm. when she gets her hands on the ball. I think Munyard's a great one, Miller, because I think yeah. her oh. and both her, along with Maddie Newman, at opposite flanks, either end of the ground, I think have really stepped up a lot this year. We saw Eloise Jones as that real outside option last year, pushing between half forward and the wing. She's been a little bit quiet to start the year, mm. but it hasn't mattered with those two. They've been performing every week. Yeah, and that's that's the thing right there, Kaz, you said, consistent mm. every week. And they haven't just been where they were last year. They've elevated, as you yep. mentioned, as well. So this is why – that's exactly what I say, though, about this Crows, Crows group of boys, is that I know Brisbane have been really great, but I just really like the way the Crows are playing their footy because it's just very team-orientated footy. And so so the Brisbane, no disrespect to them, but I just love the Crows at the moment. They're looking really dangerous. I thought Tia Charlton had her best game of the year as well, Doc. She yeah. was really big. When she was getting her tackles on, I thought she just added that little bit extra when she moved into the midfield. It's so great to be a player like Tia Charlton where you're, you've already established yourself as a junior. And probably, I think, I think it, was, it was the 2020 draft I think she was taking. Yeah. And she was probably amongst one of the best five or, or six so players in the country. And to have her in this team, learning off the likes of Anne Hatchard and Chelsea Randall and, and Ebony Marinoff, <laughs> it's so scary to think how good she can be when she takes the reins, you know, in maybe a few years' time. Yeah. It, like, very very Harry Potter sort of Dumbledore vibes teaching the emerging <laughs> star. You're really, a wizard, dear. <laughs> you really think of those great, great, great players. They're very oh, Dumbledore-like. And you've got Charlton coming through as a, a young Harry Potter. She has got some magic about her, that's for sure. Yeah, that is good for you. I, I think the, the thing that stands out with Tia Charlton at the moment is the fact that she just bores in every week. Yeah. You know, she's not going to be – like she's not – Right now, she's not the flashiest player in the competition, but she doesn't need to be. That's right. She goes hard, though. She's a yeah, hard she nut. Works. She goes hard and goes hard consistently, and that's what I thats what I love about her game. I think the thing that's setting the Crows apart maybe a little bit for me from the Lions at the moment, and they've done this so well in previous years, Miller, blooding the young kids in this side, but I think the Crows have seen a little bit more development from their younger group yeah, than the Lions call. have so far this year. Belle Dawes has been fantastic um, for the line. She's starting to really get moving. Um, but I think outside of her, I would say that Crows young squad definitely has the wood at the moment. They've both got great blends. There's no doubt about that as well. But, yeah, I agree. I feel like the Adelaide players have really kicked on. And that's why, boys, like I've said many times, this is a group that I'm really enjoying watching at the moment. So I think they're most dangerous, particularly come finals as well. We know oh, yeah. what they do. We won't have to wait too long to watch the uh, that Adelaide-Brisbane game. Round 8, they play. <laughs> oh, Friday, Friday, in as must-watch Friday football. night football, 8.30 p.m. We've got some big games coming. North and Brisbane as well this week. Yeah, I that's... I you boys going to tip on that one. Oh, hello. Um, but yeah, I'm just so stoked with what the Crows are doing. And um, I think as well, yeah, you mentioned hitting form at the right time. They're starting to hit their stride yeah. now. Go hard into the back end of the season. Set yourself up What's for a big final. the clock? Let me just quickly check. Where's well, they've got well, obviously the big game against Brisbane. Yeah, Freo this week, which you should ex- – well, you expect to get the W. The, Dog- the Doggers are – They picked up a bit. Well, they've picked up a little bit, I thought, this week. I thought they, they had a good showing against the Ds. They are picking up – they are picking up some form, but I think – They're still low on cavalry, I yeah, feel like. St- Ebony Antonio back in a couple of weeks. <sighs> Oh, well, yeah. It'll be too late for the it, season. It, 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 it'll be round 10 by the time she comes back. I think round 8 she's supposed to be back in. So last okay. three games. Okay. Then. Uh, they've also got Geelong. That'll be a good game. That will, is that a... Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a home game. It's, okay. a, it's, it's at Norwood Oval. That will be a great game. Um, and I'm just trying to see who, who they've got round 10, but I don't Jeez. know. Who, uh, St Kilda. St Kilda. So a good run. So they should win at least three. I think. I think so. Those two games will obviously challenge them, Brisbane and Geelong. Yeah. I, I thought... Seeing the Cats firsthand, I think they're going to be serious business. Mm. And with that run, it just shows how important it is going to be for the Pies and Melbourne Cat to keep pace and put the pressure on the Crows as best you can. And the same with Brisbane. They have to keep winning. Absolutely. No one can let up this season. It's fantastic. That race for the top four spots, whoever's going for that third and fourth, I think you'd lock the Crows and the the Lions in, but whoever's going for third and fourth is going to be insane. Melbourne's going to get third, I think. You have to say so. Melbourne's going to get third, but I think after that, it's open open season for fourth. Can't wait for that. Uh, We will crack into Who's the Woman, boys? One of our favourite segments every week. We love highlighting the best performances of the round. I'll start with you, Miller. That's very nice. Who is your woman out of round six? Well, we talked about the Doctors and their performance against the Ds, and they had a good crack, that's for sure. But as we talked about just then with Melbourne, they're looking the real goods this year. They kicked a great score on the weekend, but going to an A3 favourite this week. Maddie Gay. Yes. What she brings to this team 
is versatility, Doc. We, we You talked about, I remember last year for a bit, where she's going to blend best. And Melbourne have got some great players that can play back, forward, mid, wherever. But she looks really settled, I think, where she is, Maddie. And I thought she was great on the weekend. 19 touches, four of those marks, one tackle as well. But her presence has been something that has really given this confidence to this Melbourne team that, they are really a contender this season, I think. I've said it a million times, but the way that they've recruited to allow a player like Maddie Gay to have the luxury of playing off halfback. Must be nice, And eh? You've got Eliza West, Olivia Purcell in the guts. Well, we were talking about Tyler Hanks on the weekend, oh, Kat. The, 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 way, the way that she... She a couple of years ago, she, a couple of seasons ago, she made that she made the name as as that crash and bash inside midfield and won the Rising Star competition as a result of that. She doesn't need to do that anymore because yeah. they've got Eliza West and Olivia Purcell, who I think are two of the premier inside yeah. mids in the comp. Yeah. And 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 Tyler Hanks can go and develop her craft as an outside. Karen Paxton's playing more on the outside as well. <laughs> Lily Mithin doesn't need to do the hard yards either. I saw a tweet on the weekend. Someone said, uh, are we sure Karen Paxton hasn't upped her age by 10 years on her, <laughs> on her birth certificate? Because she's playing like she's 24, not 34. <laughs> <laughs> she's playing some good footy. But, yeah, I just – I think, as you said, sums up there, Kat. The luxury to have someone like her off halfback mm. has been a revelation for a team that is stacked with talent and oh, – Wish I could have picked Hanks. She was unreal on the weekend, but I had to. Had to go I tell you, boys, that you, you boys are going to be having a crack at me during this team of the week because oh, no. there were that many good performances oh, that I no. could not get in there. Well, well, that my there, there there's already one of mine off, Cat, and you better have her in there. Oh, no. I, I, I laid the challenge to you yesterday. <laughs> yes, I know. I think I know who you're talking uh, about, Doc. Uh, uh, well, give us your oh, woman yes, this week, I'm Doc. Uh, my woman this week is. Well, I'm going to go to the. I'm going to go back to the sh- the um the showdown. Um, and, and the woman who won the showdown medal, Chelsea Randall, you cannot not you cannot not put her in as as a woman of the week this week because she absolutely deserved it. You, you said you, you say uh, best cat kick the opening two goals of the game and that was it. I, I, I just I, from the moment she did, I was like, that's it, medals medals locked in. <laughs> Give it to her. The medal, medals locked in, but it wasn't just the fact that she was kicking goals; she was doing a lot of work around the middle as well. And and we said before the the addition of the, the the movement of having Chelsea Randall play more in the midfield. Last few weeks, she's had ninety percent of centre bounce attendances against North, seventy five percent of attendances against uh, Collingwood, and and just only fifty six wow. against GWS. But they were smashing them, so who who cares about that <laughs> game? But the stats in this game read twenty seven disposals, three goals, seven clearances, six marks. Nine score involvements, five inside fifties, fourteen contested possessions, and three hundred and eighty meters gained. Is that all? That's <laughs> all. That is an unreal stat line. It's, it's for a player of Chelsea. Chelsea Randall's been uh, in the AFL women's landscape for God knows how long. Mm. Maybe the Bison. Maybe since the Bicentennial. <laughs> but she has. But uh, she just continues to amaze me as a footballer. So she's, she the, just, she's the fine wine. Yep. Gets better with age, and and she's fantastic. As we've said, you could play her in any position around the ground. She's and she's and we've seen it the last couple of years. As a forward, she can dominate. As a defender, she can dominate. And now, as a midfielder, she's absolutely complimenting the likes of Noffy and Hatchard and Tia Charlton to a T. Might just forward those stats to Steve Price. <laughs> see what he reckons. See if he can read them properly. Let's just send Chelsea Randall to Steve Price's house so she can bash him. <laughs> I love seeing the old guard. Having games like this, the, the young the youngsters come in and they you think they're going to be the next generation. And Chelsea Randall and Co say, no, 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 we were here first. We know what we're doing, youngies. Yeah, well, well, in my column this week, I was sort of criticised about what Darcy Vessio is doing and what Aaron Phillips is mm. doing and what Dana Hook is doing because mm. those three are getting on in age, but they've been stalwarts since yeah. the first season, and I just don't know. Like whilst. Players like Chelsea Randall, they're adapting to the situation. And Daisy Pierce is another great example of a player who's been yeah. there since the start, stalwart, but just adapting to any position that the coach throws on the ground. These players are just struggling at the moment. And But Chelsea Randall's just a, a premier athlete. She's a girl. Well, I don't blame Dana Hooker for struggling when Mickey Pryor decides to throw her in the bloody forward line as a marking target. So, <sighs> anyway. I'm keen to hear your one of the week, let's hear your Let's hear yours, Cap. Yes, I know your boys' feelings on losers being women of the week, oh, no. but I had to choose this woman this week because not only was it her breakout game. I, I will say, though, yes. your nomination... I, I cannot get we'll any an more. I cannot get any more behind this. <laughs> All right, we'll make an exception this week. Not only was it her breakout game, not only was it her best game in the AFLW, not only was it only her sixth game of AFLW, but it also was her best on ground performance. Hannah Stewart, boys, for the Saints. 
What a game from this woman. I've been waiting for her to have this kind of game because I know you, Doc, have been a very big fan of her at VFLW level. Oh, woman after my own heart, I reckon. Watched her week after week doing the comms for Wharf, and I saw plenty of her for that Southern Saints team as well, and... I think we all knew that she was due a game like this. Uh, it, was, it, it, was, it was a matter of if, not when. Yes. Oh, sorry, when, not if, sorry. 25 uh, disposals, five tackles, four clearances, and most importantly, boys, she kicked two snags in this game as well. It's the snags that do it for me, Cap. It's a I, complete performance. I, I didn't think, I didn't, well, you said, it, you said it, I've been following her through the VFLW the last 12 months, and I thought, you know, her... Ability to extract out of stoppage is just fantastic. Yeah, I just never thought I could see her be that goal scoring option because I thought, oh look, look, she could be she could be a great extractor. She'd be a great addition to that midfield for the Saints. But the two goals just do it for me, Miller. I like that. That's a really good nomination. That's a great call. She she's been good, and like you said, it was going to happen this yeah. game because she has got the talent and she's been building towards this. So it's good to see her get the reward. Almost reminds me a little bit of uh, her teammate in Tarabo, or former teammate in Tarabohana, Doc, oh. where we were sitting there and we knew <laughs> we knew it was going to happen. It was just a matter of when. Yeah, well. Then look, there's no looking back from here now. I'm, I'm looking forward to see who, who, who the next Southern Saints star is going to be. I'm, I'm got my fingers crossed it's DeAngelis, Gabby DeAngelis. Oh, She's a bloody it. beautiful player. She is. Well, there's plenty of talent in that team um, and <laughs> they've got a good one here in uh, Hans Stewart. So well done to her. Nearly got her team over the line in this game, but unfortunate <laughs> the result <laughs> as we discussed earlier. Uh, we'll crack into the team of the week and the oh. rolling All-Australian boys. I'll get the team of the week out of the way first. Like I said, there's going to um, be some players missing in here, boys. Um, and. Um, I, I'm holding I, in my harsh words till the end. I couldn't I, get them all in. You, there's only catch. 21 spots in this team and you can't get them yeah. all. I will say one of the things that stands out from this team, boys, a I, record five selections from the Lions oh in wow. this team this week. Well, look, look can't, can't fault that. No. I mean, that, that. That was a clinic performance. I, I will say, though, Kat, I won't, I won't bash you if you don't put Alice Edmonds in, but I will walk out of the studio. <laughs> well, you may be pleasantly surprised then. Doc, we'll start from the back line. Uh, Viv Saad oh. gets a, the spot at full back. Not only did Katie Brennan and Courtney Wakefield only kick a goal between them, this woman also had 16 disposals and seven marks, if you don't mind. She was absolutely outstanding. Might be the best game I've seen from her. Uh, yeah, I, she had a couple of really good ones last season, too. But this year, uh, after the way she started, mm. Miller, pretty slow. I no, thought it was a good response. I her. said to Doc over the coffee this morning, I was really impressed with her against yeah, us. And she looked good. Great call. Very, very good. Uh, Muwal Alawifi, the one-woman yes. backline at the moment <laughs> at Carlton. She was enormous again this week. Uh, a really good battle with Cora. Yeah, she did have a great battle. Um, Brooke Brown of the half backline, uh, probably one of and her career has. best games. She was outstanding, was running all day. She loves taking the game on. She had a great game against the Dogs uh, the week before as well. She did, Pat. she did. Very, very good form so far this year, Brooke. Uh, I've got a couple of lines in this back line. On the other flank, Nat Grider, she tore us apart every time she got her hands on the footy. They won so much of their ball out of clearance, but when they didn't, Nat was rebounding off the half-back line when they got those intercepts. And um, the woman who was getting those intercepts is at the half-back, Shannon Campbell, boys. Oh, great show. This, this woman has been underrated her whole career. I've said it about a million times. The way that she stood up in this back line without Kate Luckins, who came back in this week as well, boys, what a story, how good that was to see. Um, but she was absolutely exquisite. Uh, Brie Conan had a great game too, but I thought Campbell was the absolute pillar I, of that back I line. I guarantee Kat she'd be the first name on the sheet every week. Yeah, And that would absolutely. be for a great reason. As she said, she's just underrated and does it job. Consistency. She's Consistency week to week. Uh, in the midfield to we'll start with the ruck, the big show. Yes. How could I ignore this woman, Doc? Uh, she was just exquisite. Well, yeah. Sarah, Sarah Black ignored her uh, this week, oh, so. It's the big show. <laughs> she was enormous, Doc. I just can't understate how good of a season this woman is having. If the selectors have any sense, she will be the All-Australian ruck this year. The, th- the thing that I... She had 19 hitouts to advantage on the weekend, Cat. <laughs> She's setting records every week. <laughs> just try and find... This is to Steve Prussell. Try and find a Ruckman in the AFL competition that does that. Yeah. You can't. Good luck. You cannot. You simply can't. It's a great shirt. I like that as the Ruck. Uh, this midfield is full of stars, boys, oh. and I couldn't... Oh, you just can't choose three in the centre bounce, but I had to. I've gone with Ebony Marinoff, Kiara Bowers, and my woman of the week, Hannah Stewart. That's, that, that's, that's, a, a, trio. Ver- that's a very good trio. I'll tell you what. I no. thought it was Turbo's best game of the year, boys. Yes, I agree. I've probably snubbed her a couple of times on the team of the week because she's been very, very good. She was very good last week too. Well, we hold Turbo to a very good standard here at A3. Yes, yeah. we do. But she was elite this game. And Ebony yeah. Marinov. Oh, we talked no. about Hatchie, but Marinov. No, 
Nuffy's just an outstanding oh, player. Nuffy. Oh, Nuffy. On the wings, I couldn't give any more love to this woman than I do. Sophie Conway. Oh. Yes. 17 disposals and a goal. Stop. Boys. She just has been hitting the scoreboard so consistently this season. I said it with all the last year, but it's applied to Conway this year. Wingers who kick goals. I love them. And... Sophie Conway's been doing that week to week. Uh, the other wing, Eileen Gilroy. Oh, gosh. This, is a this seems full of my favourites. This, this is a very good team, Kat. Uh, she was outstanding. She's been bringing the pressure. Uh, her and Caitlin Ashmore, for wingers, they've been just tackling. Absolutely been tackling week to week. Uh, and we love seeing them do it. I was it. saying, Kat, how important to uh, the Hawks Gilroy is. I was yep. saying a Doc pre-show. I think that she's been a really important cog. Yes, they haven't had a lot of wins, but been really important just for all the experience they need. I Absolutely. think she's been good. Her and Ashmore the past two weeks, yeah. they've been driving players for the Hawks. Um, big parts good of why they've won. I will say as well, Tamara Smith has been in phenomenal <laughs> tackling touch. <laughs> One of the better defensive midfielders. I'd say she's painting a name for herself as breaking into that top five defensive midfielders in the comp. <sighs> yeah. she's, she's top five in the comp for tackles. Yeah, <laughs> she's got to be in there. <laughs> Lock her in. Lock her in. Very big call. We'll move into the forward line. Uh, Off one half forward flank, I've got Jazzy Garner. Yeah, Uh, very good. Darren Crocker, I think, put the challenge through a little bit this week. He said, Jazzy, you've only kicked one goal for the season. I want more. I want more. And so she went to the forward line and she delivered. Just quietly, I wanted more too from Jazzy. (laughs) I want her kicking more snags. Yes, and it was the first time she's kicked multiple goals since the final round of last season. Oh, wow. So I thought it was a good return for Jazzy this week when she spent a bit more time forward. And Ash Riddell really lifted in the midfield without her in there as much. So great performance from her this week. Uh, Chelsea Randall gets a nod at centre-half forward for her three goals. Docs, the woman of the week. Georgia Garnett, boys, gets... The job this is, on the half. This is a very flank. good pick, Kat. Uh, now, Georgia Garnett is a player who I think flies under the radar a little bit, and she hasn't doesn't had. With me. <laughs> no, she doesn't with you, Doc. But she can play very much that half forward linking role that I think the Giants have really been looking for. And in this game, seventeen disposals and twelve marks. Twelve marks, Miller. Twelve marks. You know I love it. Great set of hands. I don't know what she's been better on field or off field. She's one of the one of the, the better players uh, off field at the club, <laughs> culture wise. She's a very very optimistic and happy character, and she's clearly been bringing it on field too this year. That that is a great call. Uh, I just think that look for every for all the um all the shit we've given Carlton this episode. I think the fact that Georgia Garnett can, can she looks like a natural forward Miller. She yeah. she she's been playing most of her, most of her career as a defender, but. This year, playing more of a forward, she looks like she can lead and, and just understands the game naturally. Well, and as you said there, Kat, they haven't, Giants have been looking for this player. Mm. They've been looking for a very long time for this type of player as a half-forward operator. I, I love that. It's a great selection. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I'm very, very happy with what she's been doing this year. In the forward pocket, speaking of coaches giving challenges, boys, uh, Beck Goddard just had a sit-down with Jess Duffin before <laughs> this game and said, Duff, we need you up forward this week. And she said... Can do Beck, and she went and kicked three snacks and bloody won them the game. Uh, this is one of the best games Jess Duffin has played in a very, very long time, boys. Probably the best I'd seen her play since she started the season really hot at North before she got dropped last year. Um, she was outstanding. Uh, this is the Duffin that we know. Mm. You just put her anywhere on the ground and you say, go to work, Jess, and she will. Uh, she was exquisite and one of the biggest reasons why the Hawks won in this game. First goal that she'd kicked since round three, 2019. <laughs> so it'd been a and hot she minute. Ki- and she kicked three kicked of them. Three. She said, I'm not happy with just one then. I'll have three. Kicked three in the second quarter, Miller. Yeah. Just when she the was game really was on, good. When the game was there to be one, Doc. I'd like, to, I'd like to say as well, Kat, before the AFLW competition came to bear, I was at the MCG to watch an exhibition game between Melbourne and Brisbane, and Duffin was playing as the full forward, and I think she ended up kicking six that, that, that morning. <laughs> And I just thought, and I just thought to myself, "Gee, this is a really good player. Mm. Like, like I, I, you, you, you get the ball down there, and every time she just looked dangerous. Yep. And Absolutely. the fact that she'd been playing as a defender for pretty much all of the uh, all of the years leading up to this is a damn insult to to Jess Duffin's football intelligence. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Full forward, Jesse Wardlaw. Oh, has to be <laughs> day out for has her. Has to be. I um, could have been an even bigger day out. It could have been a bigger day out. Um, could have been a 20-goal day out. Yeah, could, yeah she could, was fine. Could have kicked six or seven. She could have. She only had two, three, but, oh God, she looked like she was going to get everything that just, came her way. Just massacred Danny Marshall. I thought Danny bloody battled all day long. She boys. had a crack. Her, her and Ash Van Loon probably had what two of the toughest jobs they could have possibly yeah. in this game. They were both rotating onto Wardlaw, and Danny pretty much had her for the whole second half, but... 
Yeah. <laughs> no one was winning there's out of this game. There's no, there's, you can't stop. You can't stop it when Brisbane are peppering that many that no. many shots inside fifty. You just can't. But Doc, eleven goals in five games now for Jessie Wardlaw. We said it before that she's got to be absolutely in the mix with Kate Sheeler as the the key forward options in this All Australian team. I think she's got to be. I think it's it's those two at the moment they're, for mine. They're the two front runners. They have to be. They've both kicked eleven goals this year. There it is, and they're leading, and they're both leading the Coleman. There it is. <laughs> I've got nothing else, sir. Um, yeah, no, that's a r- really good shout. We'll get onto the bench, boys. Two midfielders, a defender, a forward, and a ruck, because that's how we do it at A three. Dynamic. Mon Conti gets the first spot. Miller, yes. uh, how elite has she been this season? And under pressure from that Gold Coast midfield, Chaz Robottom was very, very close, <sighs> but Mon just got the edge. She had a rest on. the other week, Mon. Uh, yes. A little bit tired in that other game, but <laughs> against the Lions, got well, tagged out of it. But if the goal umpire wasn't such a schmuck, <laughs> we, we'd uh, we'd we'd be talking about Chaz, not Mon. I reckon. Great shirt. I we like that. Be. I think that she's been good, and you know she's a chance to win. You know, league best Ferris the way she's been tracking this year. She'd have to be. Uh, Alex Mills, one of the week. Maddie Gay taking up the defensive spot on the bench. Oh yes, we already spoke massively about her. Uh, Talia Hickey gets the backup ruck role. Great shout. Uh, I've mentioned Alice Edmonds being in Australian contention, but Hickey would have to be very, very close. She's in top sure, five sure rucks this season. Two, two rucks this year. They have to. Her, Hickey, Bree Moody, and probably Loza Pierce are all mm. in that mix at the moment, I would say. Lauren Bell are close. Yeah, Lauren Bell is in there too. They're the top five. Top yep. five in the comp. I, I reckon there's probably about six rucks you can you can choose at the moment. Yep. And you've got five of them there, and I think Lekay from West Coast is another yes. one. Yes, good call, Doc. Um, they're very, very, good. very, very good ruck group in there. Uh my forward pick is Kate Hoare, boys. Yes. What a consistency is what I would describe her season as. Not consistency in her goal kicking. Uh, <laughs> she's had a couple of stinkers, a couple of 1-3 games, but three goals straight this week, boys. And she was really important, I thought, mo- not only being a marking target inside 15 kicking goals, but moving the ball mm. to the forwards' advantage too when she was playing a little bit further up. Um, so great game from her. She was really, really good. And uh, my last spot on the bench, boys, uh, It's <laughs> this is always the hardest one to pick. And I was tempted with one of her teammates, but I've gone with Bella Lewis yes. as my final spot on the yes. bench. Uh, she has had an absolute ripper of the past couple of weeks. Uh, she's, you know, Emma Swanson will probably win the Eagles best and fairest, but Bella will be second by literally probably about two votes the way she's been playing. Yeah, I was going to say, if Emma Swanson didn't exist, Bella Lewis would win the uh, best and fairest by a landslide at West Coast. 24 disposals. Kicked a snag, 10 tackles, and I believe she had seven clearances as well, which is <laughs> 18 of those possessions are contested as well. She can an old head up high cat for her season for what yeah. she's done for West Coast, really consistent. And the effort that she displays each week is second to none. I think that she's been really good, and that's a great team. I tell you what, I can't argue with that team at all. There were so yeah. many boys that were so, so yes, close. Batesy, Batesy and Ellie Anderson were both very close to yeah, the field. Oh, jeez. As was Anne Hatchard. She was very, very yeah, in the mix Hatchard. as well. No, no ha- six contested marks didn't get in. <sighs> what can I say, Doc? Uh, Shelley Scott was very close to the forward line too. And Peace. No, I considered. Oh, Peasy. Considered in that oh, forward line group there? too. Peasy's not in there, Miller. Uh, I don't know. It's tough. You've only got 21 spots, boys. And uh, I couldn't name them all. I tell you what. No from pe- No Peasy. The midfield, the wings, and the back up, I, I'm pretty happy. And most of the forward line. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> pretty good. Stuff your forward line, Cap. No, I actually like it. <laughs> I like I like a couple of the additions here. I like, oh, um, I, I, I like I, the half forward flanks. I reckon, I reckon Hatchie's the, mo- the most stiff. Probably Six, six yeah, contested marks, Cap. Maybe would have had her in for Lewis, but as I said, Lewis. West Coast didn't even win, Cap. <laughs> she is very stiff, Doc. She is very stiff. Lewis has got to get in somewhere. Yeah, well, Doc, okay. uh, give us your all Austra- oh. rolling Australian team, the changes that you've made this week. And yeah, I believe how many changes? You're, you're dropping it off after after this week or next week next before w- the ne- end of the season? Ra- round seven's the cutoff. Um, after that, it'll be uh, disclosed, put in a, put in a magical uh, briefcase. <laughs> Time capsule. Con- controlled by Armaguard. Um, <laughs> yes, but three changes this week, and, and they're all coming onto the bench uh, for, okay. for other players. Uh Georgie Prisbark is probably the biggest out because she's going yep. to be suspended for two games and she missed one. And Can I, a quickie, boys? Yes. Will the suspension cost Georgie an Australian spot? Yes. Probably no. I'm I say yes, given the quality of the other players. Look, I'll, I'll, look, personally, I think yes, but because the AFL is the AFL and they'll just <laughs> pick their favourites, I'm going to say no. What do you I say, think Kat? I want... I think no. I think she's shown enough. Jeez, one yes, two if she no. if she plays the same level of quality in the last two round, the last three rounds that she has, the first five, she's still in. Yeah, I was gonna say she was leading the coaches' votes. Yeah, uh, up up towards the suspension, she's in. I still say no. Yeah, 
Well, well there you go. But George Chris Barkers is out. <laughs> I've also dropped Bianca Jacobson and Courtney Jones in, in the yeah, team. Fair, fair enough. Fair but, enough. Uh, and they've been very good, but uh Not good the, enough. the play the players in. I've, I've recalled Jess Matten back in oh, as my forward cool. rotation on the bench. Oh, Matto. Uh, can't leave Matto out for too long because as long as she keeps kicking snags, she's got a spot in this team as a general forward rotation. Um, I've also brought in Chelsea Bedell again. Um, oh, yes. she's been she's been quietly plugging along, cat, and I think yeah. she's finally got got some uh, got some props in. She didn't have a lot to do, but against that port forward line, she was great. I I, I think her averages will speak for themselves, cat. I think yeah. she's um top three in the competition for rebound fifties, and she's also averaging a very healthy number of intercept possessions per game as well, six point seven. Uh, per game, so she's she's well she's well in the mix. I think she's in the top ten or so for intercept intercept possessions. So she's in, and I've and I've recall and I've brought in for the first time this season Chaz Robottom. Oh, <laughs> Chaz is in late call up. Chaz Chaz is in a late call up. She started slow, but every but every game the last few weeks she's brought in. I'm thinking, oh geez, that's it. Um, <laughs> late call up. She loves it. But otherwise, the team is still as as it stands. I've Moved Ashley Woodland into the starting forward line, so we've got a, a forward line trio of Wardlaw, Sheila, and Woodland. <laughs> All three of them, top three in the in the goal kicking at the moment. That's dangerous. Greta Brody at half forward, moved her from the pocket to half forward, but everything else pretty much as it is. I've still got Alice Edmonds in the team. I'll tell you what, if this was any other year, probably Talia Hickey probably would would have been in that spot on the bench, but you can't you can't dethrone the big show and, and Brianne Moody's just shouldering you can't dethrone the big show. And and, it's the big. <laughs> and and Brianne Moody's just uh, just shouldering a lot of Carlton's ruck load at the moment. Yeah. But um as well the wing Sophie Conway's got a lockdown spot. Karen Paxman's under fire a little bit from Aula Dwyer here. Oh jeez. Aula has picked it up. She had a really good game on the weekend, and um, and I think Paxman's been been pretty good too. So, how many close to best on performances does Gilly need to have to get a look in here, Doc? Who? Island Gilroy. Oh, she'd be close, I think. Ashmore too. Yeah, they're uh, both they're both pushing. They're both, they're, they are pushing. They are pushing. Who did I, who did I, I had I had Becky Webster in there as well, um, and she and she and she played she played she played a nice game as well in 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 the mix. So, well, yeah. I don't Nina Morrison, uh, Ellie Blackburn, and Jess. Freaking Fitzgerald are all very close to my midfield too this week. Oh, how good was Jess? Wasn't <laughs> she was probably better than Ellie? I, I reckon she, she loves playing Geelong, doesn't she? <laughs> she, she actually <laughs> does. She plays really something long, about the uh, the contested nature of it, Doc. I don't yeah. know. She just thrives on it. Yeah, well, it'd be nice if uh, some of her mates turned up um, <laughs> and and not kick the ball, not pump the ball inside fifty like schmucks. Oh, yes, but um. No, look, the the team's pretty settled. Uh, I'm I'm pretty happy with the back five. Um, Katie Lynch intercept marking is yep. has been brilliant as per. She's very good too this week, Doc. She was close to the back line. Oh, I nearly, I nearly broke the TV when she kicked the ball again. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from her kicking, um, no, but her, her aerial work is second to none. Yeah. Um, but as well, um, everything else is pretty much pretty much set. You're not you're not dethroning Jazzy Garner. I've moved, also moved Dan Hatch under the middle following uh, Chris Barkas being dropped as well. Yeah, so we'll, we like that. Noffy on the bench as well. Gee, it's a nice team. That is very good. Full team will be up on the uh, on the socials. I'll tell you what, yes. boys. These teams are great. <laughs> Got nothing to say. <laughs> Too many good players. Uh, should we crack into the ladder, Alex Miller, before yes. we get into our tips for the round? Some huge games to get through, but the ladder is starting to shape up with just four rounds left to play. Yes, I'll whip it off from the bottom. As we know, the Swan's still yet to get a win. 0-6. In 17th and 16th, respectively, we've got Freo and Port. 1-4 and four in a draw. Cheeky little draw in there. couple teams stuck on eight points uh, from 15th up to 10th. Um, yes, two and four for um the the Hawks. Carlton have two draws in there. Gee whiz, they're lucky to be in there. One and three, and two and four to the Giants, West Coast, St Kilda, and Essendon in that ladder order. The Suns just sit out of the eighth. Boys have been good this year. Three and three, still can make finals. I think boys. they're a sniff. They got the yeah. uh, Swans this week. They should get that W. I think they're still in. Hopefully, um, so they're just sitting outside in the eight. Um, from eighth to. Fifth, uh, all teams are on 16 points. All four and two from eighth upwards. Richmond, uh, the Western Bulldogs, Geelong, and North Melbourne. And the top four, all sitting on five and one. This is a really, really interesting race. So in fourth is Collingwood. Third is Melbourne. Second are the Crows. And Brisbane sit on top. Still with a massive percentage, boys. 288. Jeez. 
They've only had 119 points against. There's only um, one team. Ad- Ad- Adelaide have a percentage of 255, so they're right behind. And then it yeah. drops off significantly. You've got yeah. Melbourne with 166. And that's still nothing to sniff at as well. <laughs> no, but no. That's 90% difference um, and 120 from top spot. So, as you said, Chad, I think the Suns are real sniff still to make the eight. Um, there's still some mover and shakers in the top four. Who's going to finish where? So... Get a big game on for the rest of the season. Very exciting. Absolutely. I will say, boys, <coughs> we've had a few blowouts across the year, but halfway through the season, or after last week, we didn't have a team without a loss. We've only got one team without a win. I think the latter is in probably a bit better shape than people thought it was going to be. I thought it, I think it's in better than I expected. Yeah. Personally. That top eight is big. You've got one win separating eighth from first. Yeah. <laughs> and and as well, you've got the the Suns who sit a game out, and then there's a bit of a bit of a log jam for tenth. But so we've got a lot of those teams playing each other. I was going to say that's too. right. A lot of those matchups are actually going to be sort of head to head. Who can finish high? A bit of pride I, going on there. I also Kat. find it completely bizarre that Freo is sitting seventeenth after making the prelim last season. It is, and look, it's a, it's probably a combination of things which we've spoken about with the Dockers' injuries, forms being up and down, players didn't get a preseason in. So, yeah, look, it's a. It's interesting predicament for them. They'd be disappointed, no doubt about that. Coops in the group, Doc. But I'm sure, you yeah. know, once they get some players back, they'll be happy with that. But um, we'll get into the tips. Oh, it's a huge round, boys. It all starts on Friday night. Oh, we don't want last week's tips. Yeah, we don't want last week's tips. Oh, shit, so hang on. We, we, we got, oh, I got seven <laughs> no, new boys. I don't, because I, due to an administrative error, I didn't put my tips in, but the boys have been very, very nice enough to... <laughs> Actually, still nice count my power. tips. I was I was pushing to that penalize we put it on the him, podcast. I was pushing to penalise him, but we'll, we'll we'll let it slide. Alex Miller has shown mercy, so I did get eight <laughs> on the weekend. Which I I'm also very got eight, about. and Doc got seven. I got seven. So what does it look like? I am I've gained a lot of ground here. So you're you're ahead by one, Doc. You're on forty four. Cat's only one behind now. He's chased you down, like Jordan <laughs> Jordan Clark getting to Goey. Run him down um, <laughs> on forty three, and I uh, forty one. I mean, I'm getting eight. It's getting close here, boys. It's not good enough for me. I need it's to somehow get a ten. Well, uh, thank you, boys, for for being generous. Uh, I can blame it on the Adelaide <laughs> trip that I didn't. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll blame it on the Adelaide trip too. Uh, but we will start on Friday night, boys. St Kilda oh. and Carlton. This this is a oh. game we said it about the Giants last week. This is a game that St Kilda need to win. The way Carlton have been playing, they can beat them at home. I'm tipping the Saints. I'm going to tip the Saints too. Lily Goss injured for Carlton. That's a big blow. That is another number in the midfield gone. I th- I think that, look I think for different reasons both teams will come out with something to prove. I I think Carlton will be they they should be getting a lot of flack for their job last week and they got it from us this uh, today. But the Saints would be really kicking themselves because they should have beat Collingwood and they let uh, a, an opportunity Ooh. like Nicholas Stevens just literally go five minutes to the right and could, miss. Could have been. What could, could have been? Should should have, should have been a win, and I think the Saints will win. They'll they'll learn from that. I think they'll I think they'll get up margins. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Saints by nine points. I'm gonna say sixteen. Also, Darcy Guthridge also got injured during the game. Liv Vesely, I believe, should be back in after her late change. I say Saints by four. Oh. All right. <laughs> No, no, no debates about this game. Eight ten at the Vines, uh, West Coast, that? and Richmond. What is this? Says yeah, Richmond. So that's five ten for us. No, that that no, is our time. That's five ten. Five ten for them. Five ten oh, over five, there. Ten for them. Five ten for them on a bloody Friday night. How does that work out? Yeah, well, um, all the miners will be uh, just knocking <laughs> off. I think <laughs> they'll, they'll they'll get they'll get down they'll get down to the game. They'll and, go uh, the Tigers. Have a I pot. think I think the Eagles will push you a lot more than they did last yeah. time. You absolutely thumped them last time. But the the amount of kids, boys, we didn't, we didn't talk about the Eagles this week. But I've been really really impressed with how these kids and the new players have stood up. Uh, so far this year. Jade Britton, I'm a big fan of, boys. I yep. really, really love what she's brought to this side. Um, Abby Bushby, I thought was good this week. A bit quieter. Oh, a bit quieter this week when uh, her big performance last week. But The Ella Roberts goat tour has been... Um, yes, really rising star nomination for Ella Roberts, goat. which we love. <laughs> Roberts and Peasy, the two that got it. Two of our, our favourites here two at Two of our favourites, yes, yes. Charlie Thomas has been really impressive behind the ball too, boys. Yeah, I've really liked what she's she, done. She start, she's, starting to, she's starting to get some momentum now, Charlie, after a bit of a slow um, first season. So I don't think they'll knock you off, Miller, but I think they'll really give it to you. Yeah, I think they'll push us hard, as you mentioned, Kat. So look, I'm gonna go with my mob. I don't think I don't think it will be a shellacking though. I think it'll be a great game. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go to the Tigers as well. Probably another, another good Friday night game from the Eagles. 
Yeah. Who would have thought that preseason? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I was going to say, what's going on here? West Coast, West Coast were wooden spooners last year, and they're getting more Friday night games than almost anybody else. <laughs> the AFL knew. Um, oh, what about this game? One ten at Swans and the Suns. Suns. E- ESPN have Sydney at fifty nine percent. How? <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> Did they watch them play this week? They must they be didn't. drinking those people. Boys, they became the only AFLW team in history to not register a single scoring shot. Their only score was from a rush behind. That is shit. Oh, Jesus. I say Suns by 50 points. Yes, Nuz by 10 goals. Suns by 50 points, honestly. The Bahana Express just runs over Scott (laughs) and just runs over. The bullet train's going to pierce his heart. Ella Heads is going to have her head knocked off by the Bahana Express. (laughs) (laughs) Bahana Express just going to tear apart everybody, limb from limb. Bullet Uh, train's going to decapitate someone. Bahana Express for four. Courtney Jones for two. Kalinda for two. I think Kalinda kicks a bag. I think she kicks four. Oh, I think Bahana Express kicks him okay. back. <laughs> it's going to be a dangerous if, if, day. If Jazzy Garner, a midfielder, comes in and, and, and destroys <laughs> Sydney, I think... I think Emma King should have had about six oh, as well. No. <laughs> she really could have... Yeah, honestly. Oh. Yeah, I'm going Suns. Yep, Snuss. Go Snuss. Crom uh, um, and Dockers yeah, at Unley Crom. Oval. Yeah, Crom. Crows, I'm not, I'm not oh, as immediate to no. write the Dockers off. Oh, no, Cap. I mean, look, in fairness, Freo were good for three quarters. Yeah, they were. And then Ange Stanett ran her mouth in the, on, on the, uh, <laughs> in, in the, third, in, in the three-quarter time huddle. They, they were gassed, apparently, according to Ange. Oh. And uh, Daisy Pierce said, uh, pipe down, young, young lady. Yeah, I'll, I'll back the Crows in, but I think <laughs> once again it'll be, yeah, they'll, they'll push them Pipe down. This is actually an interesting game here. North and the Lions this at Arden Street. This will be a big game. The yes. Lions smacked them around last year. Played they them in Brisbane. Yeah, they would have learned a lot from that game, I think, Cap. North had that, that was that run where they mm. lost a couple of games in to the row. other finalists. Then they managed to turn it around with that win to the Dockers. Came with a bit of momentum into finals. I feel like North are building their momentum here. We talked about the Crows building at the right time. North Three North. in a row here for North now. This is the hardest opposition they've come up against, though, uh, since the, the start of their season. This will be well. This will be um, well. They've already played Adelaide. This, and is, this is an eight eight pointer in many respects because if Brisbane Absolutely. get this, this, done, this will yeah. d- if the Roos win this, they're into the top four. Yep. If the Lions lose, they've got to make sure they basically win the rest of their games to not drop out, and they've got the Crows next week. I like North at home here. Oh, I don't know. I'm, it's tough. It is tough. Uh, uh, the Lions are just too good for me. I, I, I think the Lions are a better outfit. Yeah. I and think they are as well, but I, I think North are going to win. <sighs> They're too I've got to catch up. Alex Miller, you are a dangerous I've got to catch up. Hawthorne and Port Adelaide back down at Frankston. This will be a good game. This I should think. be good. This will be a cracking... Uh, uh, you know what? I said this about the Hawks in my column at the Mungle this week. That they are... like We, we talked about it last week. That they've got a brand. Yeah. And their brand is you know hard-nosed, you know leave nothing at the gate sort of team. Compete every quarter. They are the second best tackling team in the comp cap. Jeez. Well, you know who's the first best? Brisbane. <laughs> what Adelaide dropped off, eh? Uh, <laughs> they were the first best a couple of weeks ago. I think they're still in the top five, though. Hang on. I'll, I'll, I'll wheel it out. because uh, So this should be a very, very physical game. Yeah, Port, port a third. Port a third go. in the tackles. So this is going to... This to be... <laughs> this is going to be... Tamara Smith, 15 tackles, boys. Is that all? Oh, Tamara, Tamara Smith might actually give the tackle count a shot. Uh, Abby Derrick, Derrick, 20. <laughs> um, I'm going to go the Hawks, boys. Yeah, me too. I, I, I think last week showed that they they found some momentum, and I don't know, don't exactly know where Porter at at the moment. Imagine they, if they win three in a row. They're very they're very spotty at the moment with their uh, with their forward movement. I tell you, I'm going to be bloody pissed off if Hawthorne jump above us if they win this <laughs> week and we lose to the Cats. Oh. <laughs> you will, you'll look well. I think you will lose to the Cats. I might go Port here. All right. Oh. I don't know. They, they I don't think they'll have a down, as down a week again. I think they're going to be Lauren Arnell's going to put a rocket yeah. up them. <laughs> and say, girls, not good enough. They're flying to Frankston. We know we're it. better than this. I think, though, like you said, I don't know what their forward potency is looking like. Yeah, I, I just don't know what... We can have a crack, there's no doubt about oh, that. Can I ask, Doc, why yes. the hell was Jade Halfpenny dropped this week? I don't know. Why who, is she who, not who, in the forward line? Who came in? <laughs> it was uh, Ella Bogue came in. Yeah, it's Bogue. Uh, I mean, Bogey's all right. Yeah, um, and but there are a couple of others I can't remember, but... I don't know why you drop half penny when you've got literally no other height in the forward line. Like you can't expect Aaron Phillips to do it. No, and you can. Uh, I don't. I, and we saw it every time the ball entered inside fifty; it was chopped off. No one was getting near it. 
I don't know. I just don't know where Port's forward line. Yeah. At, at, at least with Hawthorne, Penny needs to come back in. At, at least with she with needs. Hawthorne, you've got some targets to kick to. I mean, Duff yeah, improved last week, yeah. but yeah. You, you've got no, she can Cunningham all cleared to play as well. Yeah. so oh. she'll be in there too. Oh, I don't know about Cunningham. Where's but Perko at, boys? I She's no been idea. the emergency a couple of times. Well, not in, <laughs> not in the twenty-one. It looks like. Yeah, I'm going Port. I'm sticking with mm. Port. All right. Should be a good game, though. Uh, this should be a good one, too. My Reed girls Oval. taking on... Yes, in Warrnambool. I was <laughs> I was thinking of making the trip down, but uh, four hours is no thank you. Um, four hours and a punctured tide, I thought, no. <laughs> why the hell... <laughs> Wouldn't have thought so. Why the, hell would, you so, no. why the hell would you <laughs> play... Not. Why the hell would you be playing this game at Warrnambool? Well, they're playing a couple of regional games um, well, in Victoria. Well, the people Victoria. get down there. There's not much else to do. Yeah, there's a game in Mildura. <laughs> the Hawks are hosting in a couple of weeks as well. Um, so that should be interesting. Reed or the, the Pies are hosting. Is this named after Ben Reed, this oval? <laughs> Stella Reed was a product of Warrnambool, wasn't she? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. She, no. No, she wasn't. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, I'll tip the Cats, but I just really want to see us give oh, them a no, crack. Tipping your own team. Dario Bannister back in this week. I'm very happy about. Yep. Um, so. I'm going the Cats. I'm going the Cats too. I, I think they proved last week without Georgie that they can they, they can cover really well. Nina Morrison, as they we did. said earlier, played a played a magnificent game. Almost yeah. li- literally did what she did in the first half of the year. Yeah. Neither of us tend to play taggers, so it's going to be midfields going head to head, which is very juicy. Oh, Maddie Prasparkas take on. <laughs> Go on. Go Should on. be a good game. I, I just hope <sighs> that same effort that we showed every single other game other than last week. I want to see. Yeah. I thought the second half, that third quarter, boys, uh, when we made a few changes, when Bonnie got into the guts, yeah, which was, was interesting. Yeah, it was a strange one, but, but uh, it paid off. It worked. I think I don't mind it. Get your get your best players around the footy. I think is you know it's a case, a classic case. Um, well, well, Shannon Campbell towered her up in the first half, so <laughs> there wasn't much, wasn't wasn't much else she could do. <laughs> So if Nat's willing to swing those big changes mm. in the games, not in our terms, I, I think I, I might tip Essendon depending on if. If the forward line looks... I don't think we're winning this one, mate. All right. I'm going to edge along there for now. All right. Uh, we'll back him in. Uh, D's and the Dogs. Hans- yeah, Hanson Sorry. Cup. Sorry, Doc. D's. Yeah. Oh. I wouldn't be too quick to write you off, I, Doc. I, I hate our you forward line. You came home well. <laughs> I hate our forward line right now. Yeah, it, look. It, it, it's Sarah lit- Lampard might have about 12 intercept marks it's, it's in this li- game. It's literally trying to bomb it on Gabby Newton's head and, <laughs> and, and, good, and good luck to you. Round one last year, Doc. That was quite poor from your mob against the D's. Yeah. Oh, I want to see better than that, and I think you can play better than that. First half was a shambles. And I, and I think Berkey said it, said, it, said it best himself after the Geelong game. I mean, you can't expect... To have a good ten minutes at the start of the game and a good ten minutes at the end of the game yep. and expect to win the game. No, if we bring that against Melbourne, it's a ten goal. It's yeah, a ten pumped. goal loss. I'm going to tip the D's, but I think you'll perform better. I'm tipping the D's too. I don't. I just want to. I just want to see a more well-rounded, consistent yeah. effort. Four quarters. Four, Four quarters. quarters. Simple as that. I go D's as well. Don't care if we lose. I just want to see. Four and, quarters. And at least I want to see us try and lower our eyes a little bit more. I'm. I'm sick and tired of seeing. Saying us just high up and unders and and letting Meg McDonald pl- play like she's Matthew Scarlett or <laughs> or Alex Ransom or whatever the hell, uh, it, it, it'll it'll happen as well. Libby Birch will come out and she'll be bloody the the, the Birch great and Lampard be big ones to watch. The, the greatest game. thing since sliced bread. I'd, I'd <laughs> love to see someone land Libby Birch on her backside. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, but D's will get up. Oh, jeez. All right. Uh, final game of the round, Magpies and Giants at Vic oh, Park. Uh, go to the Pies. Pies. I think this, Pies. this is probably going to be one of those games that deserves a 5-10 t- times. Yeah, we'll switch it off pretty quickly. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I, I think Chloe Malloy might be tucking me to bed uh, on I'll Sunday be at, night. I'll be at the basketball for the first half of this, so I will not be yeah, seeing so this game. Actually. Yeah, Pies. 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 No, thank you. <laughs> all right. Well, that is all the games, and that is all from us on this week's episode of the A3 Footy Podcast. Make sure you follow us across our socials so you know when new episodes come out at A3 Footy on Twitter, A3 Footy Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. We've got the men's trade episode as well. Oh, trade yeah. period has started. Plenty of moves being made already, so make sure you check that out too. With all that said... I've been Alex Catalano. I've been Alex Miller. And I've been Alex Doherty. Footy never sleeps on A3. Plenty of men's and women's content still to come across the season. Can't wait.